Welcome to Less Than or Equal, the podcast about pursuing equality in geekdom by celebrating the diverse and their accomplishments. I'm your host, Aline Sims, and today I am joined by Maya Weinstock. Maya, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. We've been trying to do this for a while. <laughs> yes, our, our schedule is finally meshed. I'm, I'm very psyched about it. So, yay. Um, so who are you, Maya? Well, um, I wear many hats, but I am primarily an editor, a writer, photographer. Um, many people have started to know me more for some of my Lego projects. Um, so some people have sort of tacked on the artist moniker and I, you know, wear that proudly. Um, not everyone thinks of people who make things with Lego as artists, but, um, you know, I think with some of the projects I work on, um, there's the photography aspect and, and I take that on as well. So, um, so yeah, so I think a little of all of those things, I do a lot of work, uh, these days trying to, um, promote diversity in STEM. So science, technology, engineering, and math, and then in other fields as well, um, where women and other, um, people are not as well represented. Um, so yeah. So the reason I know of you, um, like, I think I've seen your stuff online, but then um, when I was in Boston in February, um, Ken Gagney, who I talk about a lot on this show um, of the Polygamer podcast was like, my friend Maya does this, you should have her on the show. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Um, because he had a little Lego figurine of himself. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was adorable. Yeah. Um, this is a sort of hobby that I picked up. Um almost five years ago now, I think. Um, and yeah, it's sort of become this crazy thing that is fun to do for friends, but I've also started making them for, um, people who are a little bit more well-known or who I think should be more well-known. Um, and that was sort of how it started. Um, I had originally, I, the first one I actually did was sort of inspired by this Lego that I found that someone had created of Ada Lovelace. Um, and for those who don't know, Ada Lovelace is um, considered by many to be the first female, or actually the first programmer generally. Um, people sort of go back and forth about that moniker for her, but um, she's, you know, become uh, this uh, someone who, you know, kids can look up to as far as being a pioneer in computer science. Um, and so I saw this Lego that someone had made of her and I thought it would actually be really a fun idea to try to do this, a similar thing, um, for living scientists. And, um, only because, you know, I know that so few people can actually name a living scientist at all. Um, you know, many people can't even really name that many, you know, historical scientists, um, but especially living scientists, you can mostly get a, a blank stare. Um, just if you, you know, did one of those Jay Leno person on the street kind of things. Um, so I decided to try to make one actually for a friend of mine who is a planetary scientist. Uh, her name's Carolyn Porco. And, you know, just to sort of see if I could do it, I really, you know, I grew up playing with Legos, but to be honest with you, I hadn't really done anything with them since I was a kid. And so I kind of had to learn how to find the parts and, um, you know, do the designs using existing pieces. And, um, so I decided to try to do this, like I said, for my friend Carolyn and, and I did do that one and I made it and, um, you know, it was a fun process trying to figure out like what websites to go to and, you know, how to order the pieces and, and mix and match. Um, and it, it turned out pretty well and, uh, she was pretty excited about it and I thought it might be fun to do even more. Um, so I sort of did a first initial batch of like five or six, um, including, you know, um, Richard Dawkins and, um, you know, I actually, I had PZ Myers on there. I can't remember all the first ones, but um, uh, Joanne Manaster, who goes by the moniker of uh, Science Goddess on um, Twitter. The idea for me, actually, in how I picked the first batch and the first few um, was I wanted, actually, to specifically pick people who uh, were on Twitter um, or on social media generally because 
you know, not only did I want people to be able to, um, you know, be able to name a scientist that they might not have otherwise by seeing that there's a Lego, you know, made in their, in their likeness. Um, but I thought it would be a good idea to sort of point to the fact that actually, you know, not on, only are they really amazing people, um, but they also have, um, you know, a web presence and you can interact with them and get to know their processes and their thoughts. Um, so it's been an interesting five years since then. I mean, I've done, I can't remember the last count, but I think it's close to 80 of them. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. So. So why, why scientists? I mean, do you have a science background, I guess, is the question I'm I trying do. to ask? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do have a science background. Um, I have sort of, you know, gone back and forth in terms of um, sort of my loves of my different areas of science. Um, when I was in middle school, I loved marine biology. When I moved into high school, I became fascinated with cosmology and astronomy. Um, and then in college, I wasn't really sure exactly which uh, direction to go into. And I tried kind of a little of everything. Um, and I ended up going into a, a major called human biology in which I actually focused on, uh, the evolution of gender. And so that's what I majored in. Um, so I have a, a bachelor's in that. And, um, but then I ended up doing science journalism straight out of college. Um, and I thought it would be a wonderful way to sort of not have to choose one particular field. Um, I, it really was sort of like a, um, a crisis for me to try to have to pick one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I really still loved astronomy and, you know, late in college, I, I discovered planetary science and, um, but at the same time, I, I, you know, wasn't sure whether I really wanted to sort of settle down and spend the rest of my life in just one area. So, so science journalism is, is sort of the direction that I went in and it allowed me to, um, become familiar with a lot of the details of these, um, scientific breakthroughs and get to know the people who make science happen, uh, but not having to spend six years and gobs of money getting a PhD and, you know, doing that whole thing. So, so that's how, you know, sort of my love of science became, you know, began, um, and it continues to this day. Are you still a science journalist? Yes. So, um, I work now at MIT, um, in their news office. I'm the deputy editor there. Um, so we focus mainly on producing, um, articles about, uh, peer reviewed research, uh, that takes place at MIT and there's a ton of it, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, so, you know, daily I'm editing our, uh, articles relating to engineering and science and math. And, you know, we do also have, um, a business school and we have a humanities school and we have a, a, an architecture school. So, you know, I get to see a little of everything, which is great. Um, but it really does focus quite a bit on science and technology and engineering, um, which is sort of, you know, the core of what I love to do. Um, and so, so yeah, I do get to spend a lot of time doing that. Yeah. So that's, that's sort of the day job and, uh, I really enjoy it. Nice. So as you're putting together these mini figure representations of people, what, what does that look like for you now? Do you have like a collection of minifigure parts or do you plan it out and order, order things from like brick exchange as, as you go? It's a little of both. Um, having done this now for five years, I have amassed a collection that's pretty <laughs> significant. Um, that said, I actually have started giving away the figures. Um, you know, I really enjoy getting to meet some of the scientists that I portray and other people um, that I portray in Lego. And so, you know, usually um, these days I try to make two copies whenever I make them so that I can keep one um, and that I can give a copy away to the actual person if and when I meet them. Uh, but originally I didn't do that. So um, there are many pieces that I sort of gave away and never really sort of replenished. Um, so I have, I have a pretty good stash, but um, I do still have to order for parts. Um, and I do that pretty regularly whenever I have sort of either the inspiration or I try to do them in batches. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have, 
and and people have asked me whether you know how big my just Lego collection is generally. And to be honest, I don't have that many like Legos generally, but I do have a fair collection of minifigure parts since that's sort of what I focus in. So, um, you know, if you come into my little, I have a spare office in my apartment and, you know, I have, uh, boxes full of just body parts <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's kind of morbid, isn't it? It is a little yeah. bit, it is a little bit. Um, <laughs> but you know, I try to keep them separated by part and it's just, you know, an organizational tool that helps out when I'm trying to make something, but it does seem a little strange. <laughs> so, yeah, I can actually kind of relate. So we used to have, um, game once a month we'd have a game day at our house and Mm -hmm. my husband is like a huge lego fan so we have minifigure parts and just like general lego and we have you know lego things all over the house and like yeah we've got a lot of lego going on here but so we made um we made little minifigures for each of um our friends to represent them you know we'd play munchkin um, and we'd get mm-hmm. the board out, and instead of using the little munchkin pieces, we use the little mini figures. And oh, nice! Um, yeah, so, <laughs> so like, and at our wedding, we had little Justin and little Aline mini figures, and oh, that's um, cool. So we're we're you know we're on board with this. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I have to say, it's you know, I mean, when I actually present them to people, and also on like the first time that the person finds out that I've done this. Um, I actually did this today and it was just, um, you know, it's sort of like I get to be Santa Claus, um, and it's really fun <laughs> to, you know, hear, to hear how excited they are about it. In some cases they have an inkling that I'm, you know, planning it, but in most of the time it's a surprise. So, um, so that is a lot of fun and, and, and whether it's, you know, part of my science, I call them Lego side tweeps again, because of the, the Twitter connection from early on. Um, so either whether it's them or just whether I make something for my, a friend, um, they're always pretty excited. So that's great to hear that you make them and use them in, in uh, board games. I should try that too. Oh, it's, <laughs> it makes it so much fun. Yeah. Um, especially with Munchkin cause we gave everybody a weapon. So it's like some people have just holding flames and some people have <laughs> like cutlasses and nice. uh, yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, that's great. So have you ever had anyone who was not flattered? Um, I've definitely had people who I have sort of reached out to either on Twitter or on email and they just never responded. So I don't know what that means. Yeah. I can't say, uh, you know, I can't go into their head, but, um, you know, you, most of the time people are super flattered and I think sometimes they, people don't get it if they're, I don't know, they just don't they're not into Legos or whatever, but you know, um, those people are pretty rare. So I was going to say there are people who are not into Lego. I don't really know. It's, I haven't (laughs) had any negative feedback. All I've had in a couple of instances has been just no feedback. So, but that's, yeah, again, pretty rare. So, (laughs) (laughs) so 80 people, that's remarkable. Something around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've also submitted um, to, oh gosh, why can't I think of it, um, where people vote for the the sets. Oh, Lego Ideas. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah. you you've submitted some sets there, right? Um, I currently have one set. I have a couple others in the works, but, um, you know, between my job at MIT and, you know, um, like spot projects that I do here and there and just having my regular life. Um, it's kind of hard to get, do all these things, uh, in a timely manner. So, um, I don't know when I'll get those other ones out, but currently I do have, um, one set that is on Lego ideas, uh, gathering votes. And basically it is a, um, really cool set featuring three female justices, um, and a little court scene, Uh, So it's um, pretty unique. Uh, There's nothing like it on Lego ideas. There's nothing like it in Lego. Um, There is one justice slash judge minifigure, collectible minifigure that was released a couple of years ago. He looks basically like, um, you know, one of the British judges with the wigs. Um, But one of the things that I'm trying to do um, with all of the things that I create with Lego is really to increase diversity in 
you know, what we're seeing in the toy aisle generally. And I've just happened to pick Lego as sort of, you know, the company and the, and the product that I'm doing this with. But, um, so, you know, pretty much all of the, the sets that I, um, will create in the future will have some aspect of, you know, increasing the number of women, um, increasing, you know, the number of minority characters. Um, so, so yeah. So where does your interest in increasing diversity, um, come from? Like I, I have an origin story, like there's a reason I do what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, do you have a story or is it just something you just are like, this needs to happen and I'm doing it? Um, I don't, I can't say that I have an exact origin story. I think I've been interested in sort of the differences, you know, in how genders are considered, um, since I was in at least high school, um, you know, I started asking myself questions about, you know, why some teachers would pick on guys all the time and, and women in the class or girls at that point, um, you know, I remember, you know, starting starting to do these little sociological studies in my head, even when I was back in, in high school. And that's ultimately why I ended up picking the major that I did, because um, I was very interested in, you know, how gender specifically and race um, have evolved in our society and humans. And, you know, are there analogs in other animals? And, um, you know, it's obviously a very messy and complicated um, you know, story, but, uh, so that interest has gone back, um, of, of fair ways and just, you know, obviously, um, I mean, I grew up in the eighties and nineties and, you know, just the whole feminism thing was very important to me and it wasn't lost on me that for instance, you know, I was like the first girl to play on my little league, uh, Babe Ruth level team, which is the highest level of little league baseball that you can play. And that people before me didn't necessarily have the opportunity to play in Little League. Um, and so, you know, I, I was very cognizant of just the fact that girls and boys and women and men sort of were treated differently. Um, and so that's been something of interest for, for many years. Um, and, you know, more recently, I've taken a look at the toys and media representation um, and the differences between you know, boys, girls, women, and men, um, people of color, um, and, and these things. And it's been nice to see a lot more media attention on some of these issues, which have been sort of in the periphery, I think, of public awareness up until now. But I, I am happy to say that I think people are starting to consider them a little bit more um, these days. So, uh, you know, I mean, this thing with the Lego has been you know, an enjoyable hobby and I've been able to take it. And, and frankly, I've been writing about it quite a bit too. I, um, you know, I am a guest blogger, um, mainly with scientific Americans blog network, and I've had a number of articles, um, about this and, uh, you know, I actually sort of wrote, started writing about the Lego and gender thing. And I, to be honest with you, not, I don't, there wasn't, it wasn't really being talked about before I started really blogging about it regularly. Um, and so I'm really proud of bringing it in some ways to the forefront and helping in some small way, you know, get the, the Lego set with the three female scientists last year. I didn't create that set. But, you know, the fact that everyone was talking about it and voting for it mm -hmm. on Lego Ideas. Um, and it sold out, like, instantaneously. Sold out. sold out so quickly. And, you know, it's too bad. A lot of people were complaining that they should have done more with it. I don't fault Lego for not having created more because that was, you know, that was what the compact of Lego Ideas is that it's going to be a, a limited run. And so that's, it is what it is. But, you know, as I most recently wrote for Siam, uh, Lego has actually in the past, you know, three or so years really started to increase one by one their representation of at least female characters uh, in their offerings in STEM fields and in some cases in, in you know, non-traditional or fields in which, you know, it's considered that women are not like traditionally either accepted or just known to be doing those things like a firefighter or garbage person or a police. Um, and so it's actually nice seeing some of those as well. Uh, so 
I, I do think things are starting to change for the better, which is really great. And if I've had some role in that, I'm, you know, super happy to say that that is the case. I think that's really, really cool. If I was aware, if Ken told me about that, that facet of what you do, I don't remember. Um, so our, our interests are further aligned than I thought they were. Um, <laughs> I think that's really neat. Thanks. So what has the reception been like for like, as you started blogging, have you noticed a trend as you've started blogging toward, um, I don't even remember if Scientific American has comments turned on, not that you should ever mm -hmm. read them if they do, but mm. like, has it become easier to be a person blogging about these topics as time has gone on or are people more receptive? I think, uh, I think the interesting thing that happens these days is um, other media outlets sort of tend to take my pieces and kind of run with them and make them their own sooner than later, uh, as opposed to in the beginning, it was like, oh, this was like originally reported by me or Scientific American. So it's been fun, funny seeing that, you know, and it's great, though, because it's become an issue that people are talking about all the time. Um, and I'm not saying I'm the only one talking about this, clearly, but it has become so popular that it's sort of, you know, well, everybody knows that we're talking about, you know, women in Lego. Um, you guys all remember the story about, you know, the seven-year-old who wrote the letter to Lego. And, you know, I mean, so there's just so, there's a lot out there in sort of the common knowledge about, you know, trying to get um, more diversity in Lego that uh, it's sort of become a common topic, which is great because when I was writing about it, as I said, when I was first writing about it, it wasn't a common topic. So in that sense, it has changed a little bit. As far as comments and people, like how people are responding, I think it's been pretty consistent. You know, I've had really positive comments and it tends not to be on my the blog posts themselves, although occasionally it is, but it's more on social media. Um, it's you know, I'd say 95% positive, you will occasionally get people saying, you know, just being cranky and why do you need to eh, just do this or that? And why do you need to complain? And, you know, I mean, like, I can't do anything for those people. So you just ignore them. And, and comparing with um, other people who are criticizing other facets of um, popular culture, it has been smooth sailing in comparison. I, I read about you know, what's going on with the Gamergate stuff. And, you know, I just, my, my heart goes out to people who are, you know, sort of defending, uh, their commentary in other areas that have, you know, a lot more contentious back and forth. Um, so in that sense, you know, I feel, um, lucky to not have had to, you know, sort of defend my position. Um, but, um, yeah, like I said, though, it has been pretty consistently positive. I, you know, just tons of people and, you know, I mean, it's from young girls to, you know, fathers to older grandmothers who wish that they could have had these kinds of toys for their own kids or for themselves. Um, you know, it's, it's been really interesting hearing back from all sorts of people. Yeah, I bet. It's, it's just so cool because everyone wants to see themselves and there are certain groups that get to see themselves in, you know, toys and, and pop culture a lot more than other groups do, you know, if. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're a little white girl, it's really easy to find a toy that'll look, you know, quite a bit like you. Um, yeah. At least a doll anyway. Yeah. Not as much action figures, but certainly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I totally, you know, if you're a person of color, if you, if you're someone with a disability, absolutely. It's, you know, and it's nice to see there are other companies that are sort of taking these cues and running with them also. Um, <clears throat> there's a great company called Lottie Dolls. Um, they have, they're, you know, they're starting to increase the number of, of characters and they, I think they're mostly female um, that, you know, have STEM careers and whatnot. I saw that there was another company that's coming out with, um, characters that have disabilities or that are born with, you know, um, a skin pigmentation or, you know, don't have all their limbs or something like that have to be in a wheelchair. And, you know, obviously there's plenty of toys for the rest of the world that have all their, you know, um, four limbs and who don't have to have to deal with some of these other issues, but to be able to see yourself in a toy when you already feel so different is just so special. And, 
you know, it's, um, we all have privilege and, you know, when you don't consider that, um, it's just really great to be able to offer that, um, in some ways. It's interesting. I, um, I met a pretty prominent podcaster in the Apple community in February again at PAX. And he said, um, well, what do you consider marginalized? Because everybody's marginalized in some way, right? Like, you know, I, I don't see very well or, um, you know, like everyone's got some kind of thing. And I'm like, well, that's just that's kind of the thing. That's the point of the show is, you know, right. we all have our things, you know, and we need to accept other people's other people for for who they are instead of trying to make everybody fit into one box. Yeah, that's totally true. Although when it comes to products that you can buy that, you know, have physical depictions, whether it's drawings, whether it's, you know, on a, on a screen, um, whether it's an actual toy. Um, yeah, we do all have our issues, but you know, a lot of them are internal. Mm -hmm. And when you're presenting, you know, what is quote unquote normal in, you know, a, a, an action figure or a toy or something, you know, um, there's definitely a lot you could do to, to increase sort of the breadth of humanity there. Um, and you know, some companies, like I said, they are really taking that in stride and, and offering that, um, and others not so much. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, people who listen to the podcast might remember, uh, a couple of rants of mine about Lego, um, but they are, they are getting better. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, yeah. I kind of feel like they take, take a few steps forward and then they take a step back and then, you know, they move forward again and they're just kind of constantly doing this dance. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, I, you know, sometimes will be critical of them and I will sometimes praise them depending on what they do. And I've been open about this. And, um, you know, I do think, well, look, you know, first of all, they are a huge corporation. They're one of the biggest companies in the world, frankly. Um, right. and so they are looking at their bottom line and I do think they also are in new territory as far as, you know, their, um, just their reach. I mean, it's weird to say that as a kid growing up in the eighties when they were so popular, mm -hmm. but you know, Lego almost went bankrupt like 10 years ago. So uh, I really do think that they are doing the two steps forward, two steps back thing because they're still trying to feel out exactly what it is that they're meant to be. Um, and, you know, um, to the extent that they have something like a Lego ideas, which for people don't, who don't really know is a place where you can sort of submit fans can submit ideas and people vote on them and they will actually pick some to make them. I mean, what other company does that, you know, um, it's pretty incredible that they even have that kind of platform. So I definitely give them huge kudos for that. Uh, at the same time, you know, some of the things that uh, they continue to do um, as far as, you know, like, a lot, you know, they, a lot of their sets still have a lot of violence to them. Um, they, you know, are, it's just so frustrating going into, you know, a toy store or a target or whatever. And, you know, you're seeing the pink boxes and the blue boxes yep. of Legos. And it's just, you know, like, really, do you really need to go down that road? And I'm, you know, it's all marketing. Um, uh, and I'm sure it's based on numbers and whatnot, but, um, it's frustrating because it's starting to go now. They have these products for slightly younger kids. They have, they have various lines. They have like a Duplo line, which is for really small kids, but then they have this sort of intermediate line for, you know, like four, like four or five year old kids. And they're sort of like the beginner boxes. And even those I'm starting to see, like the girl ones are in pink and the boy ones are in like red or blue. And it's just, you know, how early can we get, you know, in terms of just stereotyping kids and, and putting them into a box, um, it's very frustrating. So in that sense, I mean, I literally was going to buy a gift for a friend's child and she's like four and went into a, a independent toy store with the intent of buying a Lego set. And I walked out buying some other competing products because I just couldn't do it. Like I literally like the, the more advanced sets were too old for her. The Duplos were too young. And then the, 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 you know, the one that was for her range was either, you know, like this very masculinized boy superhero 
or a girl princess. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't do it. So, you know, in that sense, like there's still a long way to go. And um, I guess we all sort of have to just keep pushing. Yeah. Yeah. And well, to the the girl I'm I'm air quoting and you can't see the girl sets are um, usually less complex. They're usually the same like the same price point for the girl sets tends to have fewer pieces and be less complex than the quote boy sets. Um, you know, there was a Lego mm-hmm. friends set that was like this cool airplane. The pilot was a dude, um, yeah, you know, yeah, just, yeah. just like little things like that. I'm like Lego, you know, you could hire me and I can, I can help you right. not do stuff <laughs> like this. <laughs> yeah. I've thought about that. <laughs> Trying to hire myself out by that, but I don't know if they would want me on their team. No, I would though. I mean, it would be fun, but yeah, no, I, it, so you sometimes just scratch your head. Um, yeah. But, you know, again, though, at the same time, like, um, I do know that there are people who really care on their teams, um, on their development team. And um, I think it's just a matter of, I think right now, testing and seeing what will sell and how, like, how they can sort of push buttons a little bit. And, and you know, I it's got to be um, really interesting sort of responding to this, like, social media pressure. I mean... Um, I've been happy to help on this and I really think that it's been, um, you know, uh, they can't ignore it. I mean, it's out there and it, and it gets into like the biggest media outlets that you can possibly imagine. I mean, it's just one of those products that sort of, you know, grabs people's attention anytime there's something new or different. Um, and so, you know, you know that they have to be listening to people, what they're saying. So, um, so yeah, I don't I don't know. I think we'll we'll see wh- where we are in let's say 5 years. Hopefully yeah. um my one big thing for them now and you know, I still want to see more just generally female characters in their regular minifigure world. Yes. Um but I also would really like to see some some people of color there. It's really frustrating that they have sort of separated. They have two different worlds now in the regular Lego sort of universe. One is the yellow people, which is what we all are more familiar with, especially if you grew up in the eighties and nineties when they were around, um, kind of pretty ubiquitously. Um, but then, you know, starting with, I think like star Wars and Harry Potter, they've started adding, um, you know, I guess more realistic flesh tones and, you know, I don't have any problem with that. I think that's fine. But in the meantime, you know, the yellow, um, it still leaves something to be desired in the sense that, you know, it, because some of the faces are much more detailed than they used to be, um, and the colors are much more vivid and they have like lipstick and they have different colors that sort of, you know, contrast with the yellow skin color. It's very obvious that if you're a dark skinned person, you're not really represented in that yellow world because yellow is a light color. So, um, I don't know what they're going to do about it, if if anything, but I really would love to see them address it, whether including some, you know, brown or darker brown figures in their yellow sets or, you know, I had thought of the idea of like just making a slightly darker yellow for some of those folks um, and or something, you know, there's got to be some way to be more inclusive. I, I think that that is, um, you know, kind of important. Um, you know, another option would be, I think in Duplo, which is their, the tiny kids set, they sell, um, just kind of a grab bag of minifigures. They're not technically the same as the, the Lego regular normal minifigures, but they're bigger, right? They're bigger. Yeah. yeah. But they come in multicolors, you know, they're clearly very multicultural, um, and you can just buy a set of people, basically. Whereas you can't do that with regular Lego. Like you can buy a single individual person, but you don't. Even with that, you don't know what you're getting because they come in opaque bags. So that would be one way to sort of like, hey, you can buy a set with like lots of different colored people, and then you can use them in all the other products that we sell. I don't know, something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. They also mm-hmm. in um, there's a, a Lego store that's in in phoenix it's near to me like it's like mm-hmm. 20 miles away but um so you can also if you have a lego store they do like a three pack of minifigures where you oh, can yeah. do you can get um three sets of legs tops and 
faces, hair, or hat in an accessory. Right. Um, but those are mostly, it, it seems like, um, because again, we've done this for friends, so we have spent a lot of time in the Lego store, like <laughs> looking, like weeding out, you know, characteristics or like certain kinds yeah. of hair or whatever. And, um, you know, it's it's all, you know, like brown hair and right. mostly the yellow, the yellow heads and arms. And um, yeah, it's it's an issue that they definitely, you know, they need to become more cognizant of, I think, if they're not already. Yeah, I'm sure they do have people who are on it who at least know that it's an issue. I mean, um, but I I sense that it's just this like dissonance with their history because it's, you know, it's sort of, you know, like a legend, the legend of the yellow minifigure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I can't, you know, I, I used to work for a kid's company and I've I've worked for, you know, companies where you're facing with, you know, having to, you know, confront change. And it's not always easy because especially if, you know, what you've always done is still doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes to really make that next step, you you do have to kind of dig deep and take a chance at doing something like really beyond what you're used to. And I really kind of hope that Lego does that in this case. And uh, certainly also with just, just generally um, you know, diversity and, and, and I don't even want to say diversity in many figures, although that is sort of my primary focus, but, you know, diversity of, um, types of products that they mm-hmm. sell. Um, you know, I can't, I, like, I don't work for them. I can't tell them how to do, but like they do their job, but, um, you're on the internet. You, you can tell them whatever you want to do. <laughs> no, but since I spend a lot of time talking about them and like, you know, playing with their toys now. Um, you know, and I see a lot of really interesting ideas on the Lego ideas site. Um, you know, part of it is like, yes, they still need to make money and that's really important. But, um, I, I like, I think for instance, what they're doing with their architecture line is really great. Um, that's definitely thinking outside the box and I think it's been pretty successful. I I don't, don't, do you? Yeah. Like four or five. Yeah. 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 And those are neat. And, you know, I mean, there are people who love the modular world, quote unquote. The modular is basically when you make like a whole city or a town out of Lego and you just add all these really unique parts and buildings and whatnot. And those are great. But when you can sort of get outside of that and do like modern design or just something totally out of left field, um, I think those can do really well too. So, And I think that that's what they're kind of trying to go with with the Lego ideas thing to try to get, you know, ideas that are really off the wall. But I will say it's, you're sort of started starting to see a pattern emerge of what does well there and what doesn't. And they, for a number of reasons, tend to sort of, you know, stick to the same old model that they mm-hmm. are already doing. Um, and I could talk you off about that, but I, I'll just stop there. <laughs> well, I know, like I have the Ghostbusters car with, mm-hmm. you know, and that started out on Lego ideas. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, but how is that significantly different from the Harry Potter sets and the other, right. you know, the big intellectual property? Um, exactly. You know, it, it's it's really not, you know, it's really not. It's not. And I mean, even those are fun. You know, what starts happening is I've seen, you know, a ton of different Ghostbusters themed ideas on Lego ideas now. And it's like, all right, well, these are basically just like, you know the same general thing um it's not really a new idea so um yeah now the golden girls set yeah that's a great one um (laughs) i there's a sad story about this behind actually um so there was this almost identical golden girls set that someone else created like i don't know a year ago and it had done pretty well but it still hasn't gotten to the ten thousand votes and then these other folks came along and basically copied their set and changed a few very minor details. And they got all their votes. They got the entire 10,000 in one day or maybe two days. And the other original set, there's like no doubt whatsoever that there was copying going on. Mm -hmm. The other original set is still doesn't have the full amount and may not get any credit or may not get any, anything out of that. And that's, 
kind of sad. It's very sad. <laughs> yeah. But, but I love I, the idea of having the golden girls. There was actually, um, you know, I will definitely buy one. And you know, I was actually really proud. There was one week in which the four top most vote getters on Lego ideas were all female. They, they all had all female characters and granted three of them were golden girls, but the other one was mine. So nice. that was a pretty, that was a pretty, um, you know, I mean, people always say, oh, you know, who cares? You don't really need more females in Lego, but you know, people really do want them. Mm. Um, and so there that was. That's super exciting. I love, I love the golden girls. <laughs> yeah. So what is it like, what's the process like to submit to Lego ideas? Like, obviously you've got to put a, a prototype set together and photograph it mm-hmm. and, you know, upload it and all of that. But what else is involved in, I guess, the whole, the process? The first thing that you have to know is that you can't just submit a set that doesn't have some kind of building aspect to it. Um, you know, I probably would have had a lot more ideas up there if not for the fact that most of the time I'm just dealing with minifigures. And so first you have to come up with a concept that requires some kind of build uh, because they want to, they want people to buy a set rather than just like minifigures mm-hmm. or, you know, whatnot. So you have to do that. You do want to either photograph it in real life or you don't actually have to make it physically. You can design it with, they have like a sort of a mini Lego CAD system that you can just um, use their pieces that are, you know, in their uh, catalog and sort of create your own um, design that way. Um, So either way you have to sort of present it um, with images that are compelling uh, you obviously want to pick a, a compelling title and then describe it. And then that's really, you know, you press submit and um, you, the set has to be accepted. Um, there are a few guidelines that you have to not go run afoul of, which um, sadly one of my sets actually did run afoul. And that was kind of a long, long drawn out story um, that got a lot of media pickup, but um but anyway, you know, uh, assuming that your set is is cool, uh, then you get the go ahead and you have a full year to get 10,000 votes from the community. Uh, and uh, they have actually extended, um, they've added some incentives where if you get 1,000 votes within the first year, you get an extra six months. And then if you get 5,000 votes within the first year, I think you get an extra year. So oh. um so it, it is a little drawn out. It's not really my, I would frankly, it's kind of hard to vote on um, Lego ideas. You have to sign up apparently twice, um, which is frustrating for people who just are interested in Lego, but you know, don't have a Lego ideas account or whatnot. Um, so, you know, I hope that they'll reconsider. And there's been some talk about possibly reconsidering how they, you know, their interface, but um, you know, ideally, uh, if you have everything together, you will get lots of votes from people that are already on Lego Ideas. And then, you know, these days you really do need to um, do some media outreach on your project. Otherwise, it's probably not going to get much pickup um, unless it's like, you know, another Harry Potter thing, <laughs> which to those kinds of things tend to do well with the people who are already on Lego Ideas. Um so, yeah, I mean, it is kind of, uh, and some people don't really put much into it as far as like, you know, media or mm. like tweeting about it. And they just, they just put up their design and, and see what flies and other people spend a lot more time, like, you know, trying to get promotion, promotion. and whatnot. Yeah. I really like this. Um, I'm looking right now at the, the legal justice team set and oh, yeah. it's Thanks. just so cool. Um, <laughs> I was actually like a really people, I don't know. It won't be very surprising. I was a big nerd in high school and um, (laughs) the Supreme Court was actually one of the things that I was really nerdy about. And so I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh, yeah, it kind of it kind of looks like a courtroom and like this is really (laughs) cool. But um, being a former Supreme Court nerd, I don't keep up anymore, but I was (laughs) really, really 
Like, I loved Sandra Day O'Connor and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Like, I still do. I still joke on Twitter about, like, oh, thank God that same-sex marriage is, is or same-gender marriage is legal now because now I can finally marry Ruth Bader Ginsburg because I just adore her <laughs> so much. Um, Don't but, tell her husband. I know, right? <laughs> Dang it. But, yeah. But, um, <laughs> so, you told me just before we started that you actually got to meet Sandra Day O'Connor. And so, can, I did. can I hear about that? Because I've always wanted to meet Sandra O'Connor. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I just I want to make one clarification. So the set that's on Lego Ideas is actually called the Legal Justice Team, and that's um, showing generic figures. They don't mm-hmm. have names. They don't have any likenesses of any real people. It's a woman so of the, color. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, so the other set you're talking about is what I originally called the Legal Justice League. Um, and that was a depiction of, um, the first four women at the U S Supreme court. And, um, yeah, so, um, you know, it's, I was lucky enough that it sort of went viral. I mean, the long story is that was my original set that I had wanted to go onto Lego ideas. Um, but they do have this regulation about politics, which I honestly wasn't really thinking that the set was politics just because they are justices and they're supposed to be apolitical and, um, and all of that. But, um, long story short, um, Lego and I actually exchanged a couple of emails and I understood from them later that they basically did not allow anyone, any depictions of any currently sitting people in government. So that was, that was why that ultimately didn't fly. But in the meantime, it obviously, you know, it did really well in, I mean, it just kind of I literally was like, all right, well, I guess that's not going to happen. And I posted it on Twitter, I think twice. And I posted it on my Facebook page. And from that, I can't even, I got hundreds of thousands of hits on my Flickr and my personal page, um, my personal website. And from that, um, you know, I had people coming out of the woodwork asking me about it and how can they get a copy and all this stuff. Um, and it was kind of really a funny coincidence, um, this wonderful organization called iCivics, which is started by um, Justice O'Connor um, to sort of increase um, new media uh, ways of representing to kids um, just educational um, uh, uh, modes of learning about uh, civics and so government and, you know, the Constitution and things like that. And I had actually worked somewhat closely with um, some people on their team um, at my former job, I used to work at a company called Brain Pop, which makes educational cartoons and games. And we used to host on, and they still do at Brain Pop, they host iCivics games. And so one day someone from iCivics was like, oh, we love your set, you know, and they actually invited me to this um, event that was a tribute to Justice O'Connor. And they had no idea that, like, I knew their, you know, their content in and out and all their wonderful games about like the Supreme court and, you know, how to, you know, playing a president for a day. And it was really great. So, um, so yeah, I was able to, um, go to this amazing event in DC. It was, I think in April. Um, and you know, all four of the justices actually were there, but I was able to meet, um, justice O'Connor afterward and give her a copy of the set. Uh, and (laughs) yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty amazing. I mean, you know, she's like a legend basically. And she kind of was thrilled with it. And I got to, you know, explain to her what was happening and what, you know, she she was like, is this us? And, um, yeah, so that was pretty incredible. And then, you know, the folks at iCivics tweeted me a picture of the set, you know, in the justices, uh, chambers. So, Neat. Yeah, so that was that was a pretty cool day. <laughs> wow. Um, so didn't make it onto Lego Ideas, but it's in the Supreme Court. So that's amazing. Yeah. Oh gosh, seventeen-year-old <laughs> Alina, so like excited for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, so that was fun. But but you know, I'm really excited about the the new one on Lego Ideas too. You know, I think um, I'm actually starting to do a new project with them, which is to try to garner some support, and that is to. Uh, take them around to as many state Supreme courts as I can and do like a little flat Stanley thing where I take pictures of them in front of the courts. So I've got a few already. I have, I've only posted one so far and I have uh, friends helping me across the country. And so we're going to see pictures of the legal justice team in front of 
hopefully all 50 states and possibly Puerto Rico, but we'll see. <laughs> well, if you don't have anyone in Phoenix, I can help you out with that. So. That would be great. That would be, I might take you up on that. Yeah, <laughs> let me know because I'd, I'd be happy to help it out. Like I, um, as you were talking, I registered uh, at Lego Ideas and voted for the, oh, the thank thing. You. And, like, I appreciate I, that. I just think it's, <laughs> you know, um, my focus is on making geeky spaces more welcoming for for diverse groups of people. Um, but we kind of need it everywhere, you know, like, yeah. like we've come a long way, but we've still got a long road to hoe. And, um, and yeah, if it, if I need to drive to Phoenix and take a picture, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not a big deal. I can do that. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. And, you know, so many people have actually said similar things and, and, you know, it's not just that one set, but just, seeing new representations of, of females and, um, you know, again, people of color, things like that. Um, it's, it's really, you know, starting to take hold, I think a little bit, and there's a long way to go, no doubt, but, um, it's great to see in things like movies. Um, I mean, I follow, I've been following the Chena Davis Institute for a long time now, and they're really starting to, to reach like a fever pitch of just, you know, I'm getting emails from them like every week and, and they all have like updates of really cool things that people are starting to do. And, you know, the first this and the first that, and, you know, um, you know, more, more percentage of representation of women in films on TV. And, um, so it's great that, you know, people are on that because really for a long time, nobody cared about that stuff and it was just status quo and nobody really pushed back. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that last night because um, my husband and I watched the premiere of, um, oh gosh, Dark Matter is the show. And I was looking at this cast of characters and it was like, um, in the pilot, like, I think there might have been more women than men in there. Oh, really? And they're shown... um, they're shown doing complicated, like scientific tasks and, mm-hmm. um, you know, dealing with um, an android and, and like putting it together, like disabling it and putting it back together again because it was a threat to the people on the ship and like, like yeah. all this, this stuff. And I was like, you know, three years ago, two years ago, I don't even know if that would have been the case. Yeah, that's true. That that would have been, you know, it was problem. There were some problems, but mm-hmm. but you know, it, it's a step, and and um, yeah, and it's you know, people are starting to realize that there's a market for it. I mean, all the stuff that I've said up until now, like I haven't really mentioned the one thing that's sort of like the unstated fact, and that is that there actually is a market for more diversity. I mean, I think executives and toy company like managers or whatever just assume they've gone with what they know and um i think there really is this sort of underground that is just waiting to explode and you saw that with the research institute set you know and you're seeing it which is the the one the the three female scientists from lego and you're seeing it with things like you know um the ghostbusters movie that's going to come out soon all female cast which i'm excited about too um you know, that's going to go gangbusters. Like people are going to see that movie, um, in a big way. And so, you know, that's money. And this is, it's just another aspect. I think people feel like they need to be convinced. And I think they're starting to be convinced now and, um, which is great. And it it took long enough, but Hey, you know, I'll, I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool to see it. I mean, I I would prefer to not have to, you know, but on the other hand, it's kind of cool to be able to say, Hey, you know what? I can look back two years and say with a fair degree of certainty that, that things have changed a lot. Yeah. In two years. Um, so it it, it is kind of cool to be a part of that. Definitely. Although, you know, I'm also certainly cognizant of, um, just the feminist sort of agenda generally, um, having gone through a massive sea change when it first came around the first wave of feminism, second wave of feminism. Um, and yet there's a lot of sort of going backwards mm-hmm. happening now. And yep. so even though it's great to sort of be seeing this new feminist wave in the media, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to stick. So yeah. I think it's just important to kind of 
keep hammering home the point of like, you know, inclusion and representation is really important. Um, and we'll also make you some money. Um, <laughs> uh, and hopefully, you know, we won't go backwards. It'll just be forwards. Um, that's, that's my hope. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of, again, you know, we talked about Lego trying to taking steps forward and then taking steps back and, and trying to find a balance. I, I feel like society does that too. Like the more that, that people like me push for, you know, more diversity, more inclusivity, more rights for women and, mm-hmm. you know, different groups of people. I feel like there's pushback from other communities. And so it, it's just kind of right. part of that, that like, I don't know where I, I call it, I talk about the tipping point, like we're at that tipping point in society right now. I'm not yeah completely sure we are, but you know, it's, it's just kind of finding where that middle ground is on, on these issues. And um, yeah. hopefully it'll be less extreme as time goes on. Like, I think we'll always have the seesaw, but. Right. I think so. And I think, you know, just in terms of larger issues, like for instance, gay marriage issue. Um, I mean, personally, I think that you're going to see that, you know, the world isn't falling apart. Um, My marriage is what, still okay. There you go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just going to become more accepted. And I know, um, I think as people start knowing more and more people in their lives who may, you know, be somewhere on the, you know, trends or, you know, LGBT um, spectrum, um, it's just going to become more accepted. And that's just kind of the way it is. And you hope the same thing happens with, um, you know, representation of diversity in, in films and stuff and, and in toys and things like that. Because, like, the reality is, like, you know, um, I think part of the problem that you have with people sort of arguing, well, why do we need more of this is that they're, you know, afraid that their, their personal representation, um, is going to be diminished. And that means that they're going to be excluded, which I don't think is ever going to be the case. So, um, I think once they realize that actually that's never going to be the case and, um, you know, they don't really have anything to be afraid of, like, hopefully, um, you know, things will become just more, accepted yeah um i had a very long discussion with a friend about that who on the one hand is really excited wants wants his his girls his children to you know at least learn about coding if they don't want to become you know professional developers that's fine but Mm -hmm. he at least wants them to have you know some knowledge in it so i'm involved with an organization that does that that teaches girls how to code and um you know, so on the one hand, he's like, I really want my girls, you know, to, to get excited about this. How can I do that? And then on the other hand, he comes to me and he talks about, like, men being treated as second class citizens. And um, and it's it's a real fear of his. And sure. it's kind of like, I don't know how to reassure you that that's not going to happen. But the pendulum is going to have to swing really, really far in order yeah. for that to to become the case. And it's true. Um and it's hard. I think it's, yeah, it is hard. I think part of the problem is, you know, because a lot of this the discussion about these kinds of things is happening in a big way, just in the media, um, it's, you know, it's out there and like, yeah, there's all this like rah, rah, girl power thing. I actually don't like the bit, the girl power is phrase. Cause I, I mean, I feel like, you know, it should be everybody power. Yeah. Like everybody should have the power to do what they want. Everybody should, there should be, a, you know, uh, an even playing field for everyone. Um, and I certainly like feel for some, you know, guys who feel like they're not being encouraged, um, like on an actual day to day level. Um, it, I think people might not understand the difference between like actual bias and like implied biases or implicit biases. Um, and that's, I think, you know, what a lot of people are writing about on blogs is like some of the implicit stuff that is just, you know, not really stated as much. And, um, you know, when, when men are not encouraged to do things, they sort of start, they might start thinking, well, you know, why is it always talking about women Mm -hmm. in STEM? And like, I'm interested in this too. And, you know, I, so I, I get that, but, um, I think there's just, you know, you just have to sort of look back on the history of, you know, where we're coming from 
and where hopefully we can go to just all be, you know, happy together and do working things, working things out together and doing um, whatever we want to do without having to face those, you know, barriers. I hope so. Hope so too. We're getting there. Yeah, I think you know, we're getting there. It's a it's a big world out there. It but, is uh, <laughs> one little one little Lego at a time. I love it. <laughs> brick by brick, literally. Yeah, definitely. Lego brick by brick. <laughs> so we're at, we're at about an hour. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about today, Maya? Um, no, not really. I mean, I really appreciate the opportunity to come and chat with you. This has been a lot of fun. Um, and I'm excited to see some of the other things that you'll be working on and talking with other people about, um, I really, you know, appreciate what you're doing here with this uh, podcast. So, uh, thank you. And, um, I will let you know if you can, uh, help me out with my little project. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just, just when it's a little bit cooler. Yeah. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so how can people find you? Oh, um, well, I'm easily found on Twitter. Um, I am at uh, 20Tori, so that's the number 20, T-A-U-R-I. Um, my personal website is mayaw.com, so that's M-A-I-A-W.com. Um, and all my info is pretty much on my website. So, so yeah. Very cool. Well, you can find the show on Twitter at less than or equal. If you have feedback, suggestions for guests, or would like to be a guest, please go to less than or equal.com and fill out the contact form. If you have a few minutes, it would be great if you'd leave a review or star rating on iTunes or tell your friends. The best way to get more people listening to the show and more interesting people like Maya to talk to is if you tell people about it. Thanks for listening. Until next time on an internet near you, I'm Aline Sims for Less Than or Equal.